Do you feel like you're always struggling to catch up with technology? Ever find yourself reminiscing about the good old days? You know, when streaming meant a gentle brook in the woods and cloud was just something that blocked the sun? Well, today, we'll dive deep into why the good old days may be describing times much closer to the present, thanks to the mind-bending effect exponential growth is now having on technology. Right, Sebas? Yeah, Dad. And for anyone feeling confused, we'll break it down for you one bite at a time. Welcome back to another episode of the Coding Family Connection. I'm James, here with my awesome co-host, Sebastian. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Hey, Dad, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Um, I'd like the power to be invisible, but only when nobody's looking. What? Uh, I want the power to control Wi-Fi signals. No more dead zones, full bars everywhere. Or the ability to instantly dry off when I get out of the water. You know, to avoid that post-shower cold. <laughs> really? Think about it. I'd be a legend at the parties. Oh no, the Wi-Fi's down. Boom, James to the rescue. And the drying off thing, perfect for South Florida weather. I'd always be dry and comfortable. So basically, you'd be the tech support man with a side gig as dry guy? Yep. Just imagine the time I'd save drying off after showers and swims. I'm telling you, it add up. Fair point, but there's also fluffy towels. Would you really get that up? Small sacrifice for the greater good of always being comfortable. Besides, I'd still use the towel as a cape. Because, you know, superhero vibes. Of course. Tech support man with this trusty towel cape. The hero we didn't know we needed. You have a better one? I'd choose for Moore's Law to apply to my brain. <laughs> okay, now mine sounds dumb. Although, you know it's not an actual law, right? Yeah, well, Gordon Moore, co-founder of Intel, observed back in the 1960s that the number of transistors on a microchip was doubling about every two years, and it's held up. So by his logic, you should be able to buy a laptop with twice the power of a model two years older for the same price or less. And it's not just about hardware. Software and algorithms are growing at this pace, too. Anyway, tell me about your superpower. So in the first two years of this brain boost, I learned two languages. Then in the next two years, I'd master another four, yeah? And in another two years, I'd be fluent in 12 languages. Speaking of doubling, this leads us right into our topic for today. And that topic is exponential growth. Oh, I see what you did there. Smooth transition, co-host. Thanks. So exponential growth might sound tiring or boring at first, but believe me, it's like a magic trick for the mind. Yes, and it's not like it's a difficult concept, right? Instead of things growing in regular steps, like going from two to four to six, they double or triple or quadruple. It's growth that gets faster and faster over time. It's just that for some reason, humans intuitively underestimate it. I've had a hard time wrapping my head around it myself. Let me help you grasp just how powerful this can be. Picture this. We have a gnome. Gnome. A sock gnome named Charlie. Charlie has a thing for exponential growth. And you know, he's a gnome. He's pretty mischievous. Charlie the sock gnome. I'm suspicious already. Right. So every night when everyone's asleep, Charlie sneaks into your sock drawer. On the first night, he places one single sock there. Just one? Doesn't sound too bad. Yeah, but Charlie has a magic touch. Every night, the number of socks in the drawer doubles. So day one, it's just one. But day two... It's two. Day three, it's four. By the end of the first week, you have 128 socks in there. What did I ever do to Charlie? It's a gnome thing. Here's where things get wild. 
Let's say we went on a 30-day vacation and forgot about Charlie. When we come back, the entire house will have a billion socks. A billion. That's with nine zeros? But wait, there's more! Just one day after we return, the neighbor's house will also be under its own billion socks. You know, because Charlie ran out of space at our house. That's really good, actually. So, as crazy as the growth was, in one whole month, that gnome caused as much damage to the neighbor's house in just one day. That puts it in perspective. Now, you clearly have a great grasp of what exponential growth is. So, let me ask you a question to prove a point. Okay. Say you have a giant piece of paper. It's huge. It's still just as thick as a regular, you know, piece of printing paper. So... If you fold it in half, you now have two pieces of that very thin paper, one on top of the other, right? Fold it again, and now you have four pieces of paper stacked on top of each other, and so on. Say you did this 42 times. How high do you think that stack of paper would go? I have no idea. Maybe as high as the Empire State Building? Sears Tower, maybe? Nope. By the 42nd fold, it would reach the moon. You're kidding. Google it. Google it. I'll chat to be too. Exactly. So we've kind of looked at the power of exponential growth. Now combine that with Moore's law and you kind of see where we're going, right? Yeah, this is a big deal. Yeah. And again, most people have heard of these terms before several times. I'm guessing it's not news to anyone that computers basically double in power every other year. It's the compounding effect that people forget. Yeah, it's like Charlie the Gnome has been doing this for a while. So tomorrow, it's not just the socks in our house plus the neighbors that are being doubled, but maybe a Texas-sized amount of socks. Like, literally enough to cover the state of Texas. So the device listeners might be using to hear us right now is a result of this effect over the span of more than half a century, right? That's that's a lifetime of R&D, trial and error, ingenuity, eureka moments, partnerships, competition, advancements. So what sweat and tears were able to accomplish over the last 60-plus years will double in the next two. By the time you're 22, they will be 10 times more powerful. By the time your sister, who's 7 years old, by the time she's 22, they'll be 80 times more powerful. I've been listening to this book. It's called What's Our Problem by Tim Urban. And uh, this guy opens up with this great way of looking at human history. So there's there's about 250,000 to 300,000 years of human history, okay? And this guy says, okay, well, if you put human history in a thousand-page book, that means you have roughly, let's say, 250 years per page, okay? Well, if you go and create a time machine and you move someone from page 750 to 850, it's not going to be that big of an impact. But the closer you get to page 1,000, the bigger the difference is going to be. Let's get some perspective. For example, the agricultural revolution, that started on page 950. Recorded history started in 976. It's almost at the end of the So book. like the Mesopotamians and yeah. all that? Yeah. Christianity was born in page 993. book's basically over, right? All of U.S. history is in page 1000, which is early 1770s to now. Okay, so so if you go from page 760 to page 761, it's not very different. Late Middle Ages are page 998. If you take someone from the Middle Ages to page 999, their mind will be blown. 
by galaxies, the scientific revolution, the new world. But from page 999 to page 1000, I mean, you're going from horses and sailboats to cars, trains, planes, spaceships. I mean, you have electricity, TVs, vaccines, the internet, AI, nuclear fusion, all on page 1000, which is basically magic for anyone living on a different page. They couldn't even imagine these things. So it's natural for us to assume that the world we grew up in is normal, but nothing about our current world is normal because technology is exponential. And this growth touches every aspect of technology, from AI, biotech, quantum computing. It's really exciting to see. But there has to be some downsides too, right? Absolutely. With rapid change comes the challenge of adapting to that change, right? So jobs of the future may require new skill sets. Privacy concerns are on the rise with more connected devices. And of course, there's the digital divide, where not everyone has equal access to these technological advances. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. On one hand, we're seeing these fantastic advancements, and on the other, there are challenges that we need to be ready for. Yeah. For example, soon we'll have self-driving cars. What will be the rules for those? I mean, it took the U.S. government more than a decade to require auto manufacturers to install seatbelts. How are governments going to keep up with today's tech rhythm? Hold on. You're saying I might have a self-driving car before I get my license? That's kind of the trajectory we're on. That sucks. I wanted to grip the wheel, take a turn, burn some rubber, like Lightning McQueen. I don't want to sit back, have like a coffee, and ask my car, Hey, car, go faster. It's boring. Generation Alpha problems. So with AI and all this new technology I keep hearing about, isn't like me getting a fast sports car but not knowing the rules of the road or how to drive? We have to learn how to navigate this new world responsibly. That's very well said. You're killing it with the analogies today. And, I mean, imagine what the next 20 years might bring. If the past is any guide, the technological landscape will be almost unrecognizable. Wait a minute. Dad, if we look at the last century, from what I'm reading here, from 1900 to 1925, we went from crappy cars and phonographs to the first commercial radio broadcasts. From 1925 to 1950, we got the TV and jet engines. Then, from 1950 to 1975, we had the transistor, space exploration. So the first 75 years had their moments, but they weren't very exciting compared to now. But from 1975 to 2000 is when we really started seeing change. Personal computers, the internet, mobile phones, and the early stages of the digital revolution. And from 2000 and now, AI, quantum computing, biotech. And those three you just mentioned, they hold promise to revolutionize everything from drug discovery to climate modeling. How are we going to keep up with what comes in the next 25 years? That's our next episode. You got two weeks to figure it out. Ha ha, very funny, Dad. But seriously, how do we keep up? Any wild ideas? Well, learning how to code is a given, right? I've been attending Code Ninjas for a while now, and I've found that coding is a lot more than just communicating with a machine. So I think maybe we should talk about the not-so-obvious benefits of coding. Great idea. Shout out to Code Ninjas. And by the way, if you are looking to enroll your child in a coding program, and by now I hope you are, you might as well go with an industry leader. I mean... I don't see anyone else partnering with Microsoft MakeCode to create their own curriculum. So please go to CodeNinjas.com 
and find the closest sending to you by putting in your zip code. Mention the Coding Family Connection and you'll get a free coding session. Code Ninjas is creating a world where kids write the code. No better way or place to future-proof your kids. All right, everyone. Brace yourself for our next episode. From ABCs to AI, raising future-ready kids. I like that title. Let's decode a future together. Goodbye, everyone, and thank you so much for listening. Keep coding and keep smiling. Thanks for listening, everyone. Talk to you guys soon.